0: The Why Watch That Movie
1: Talk. All my friends and fellow travelers, <laughs> are doing a movie talk. Ooh. And these four movies are all sneak peeks. Oh, so you got to
0: get ready for this.
1: Mm-hmm. Busy weekend. So- it is. It's very busy, and uh, we'll see when they release. They have different release dates, instructions, and all other kinds of craziness. So what we're going to do is start with Beautiful Boy, which is directed by Felix Van Groningen. He co-wrote the screenplay with Luke Davies, and it's based on David Chef's memoir of the same name and Nick Chef's memoir. Oh. Mm. Who's in the cast? Steve Carell, Timothy Chalamet, Mara Tierney, and Amy Ryan. It does release in New York and LA on October 12th and then it expands nationwide in the following weeks. So tell us all about Beautiful Boy Ref. Oh my
0: goodness. Okay, very very quickly. Mm. You have a father it's played by Steve Carell David. He is a journalist and he works for various outlets. He has a son played by Timothy Chalamet. Uh, Nick is his name and they are very very close and you see that kind of throughout the movie you see that especially in the beginning all the different little um, uh, habits they have together how much time they spend together now unfortunately Steve Carell's character is no longer married to Timothy's mother Mm. and he's married to someone else uh, played by Maura Tierney and they have other children. As we see things progress, this all-star, kind of good all-American kid uh, is a little adventurous. I mean, he, with his son, uh, you know, they smoke pot together. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, they listen to heavy metal together. Oh, oh, you know, just doing the average teenage things, uh, staying close. Now, in in the summertime, he goes and spends... Time with his mother. It almost looks reluctantly, but he just probably would have desired it for his family to be together uh, and all that. Yeah. Now, what's the big secret? Mm. The big secret is Timothy's character is addicted to drugs. I mean, he's tried them all, everything from pot to... Who says pot anymore? <laughs> <laughs> from weed to (laughs) cocaine and now unfortunately he is addicted to meth Mm
1: -hmm. which is
0: probably the worst drug of them all yeah his father finds out that he's addicted and as we see throughout the movie his father being the journalist that he is wants to see how this happened why it happened as we see Timothy go in and out of rehab uh, really trying to kick the drug but not being able to, dealing with his sickness, his illness, why he's sick. He quite doesn't understand what this disease is and why he chose this disease, if that's in his words. And his father coming to terms with the beautiful boy mm-hmm. that I knew and loved and raised isn't quite the boy that I know. So I had to get to know this boy and we see throughout the movie the family drama of what it means to care for someone with this type of disease and how much will it cost you and what are you willing to pay mm. and i will end with this you kind of probably already know the answer because we we sort of said it in the intro but who lives who dies hmm. yeah. how far will this drug take this person and uh, is there a way to be free of it? Mm-hmm. So that's the gist of the plot. Um, I'll let you take it from there and then I'll come tag at the end.
1: Yes, absolutely. So for me, it's a fine film with some fine moments, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not quite clear on this. I'm not quite clear why this particular story of addiction and recovery and everything else had to be told. Mm. The plot is scattershot, shot. Okay. But when the presentation to me was pretty standard, and I thought that was a mistake. It didn't match the story to me, and it got in the way of landing the desperation of the situation, especially for Steve Carell Mm. as the father. From what I can gather from the story and from common sense, right, he must have been driven to his wit's end. Like there's even a moment where he snorts cocaine to try to understand. Yeah, he does. But it wasn't grounded. I I was like, okay, that just happened. I think if Felix as the director, if he'd layered just multiple moments of Nick with David, the father, son, different points in time, different moments in rapid succession, and then land on one big moment, do it again, until as an audience, we can be in their shoes. If he had done something like that, I think it would have been more successful. Because look, Steve Carell can do open confusion. That's what he does well Mm -hmm. in his sleep. But I don't know about desperation. Didn't quite buy it. Now, on the other hand, I think that Timothy was spot on casting, uh, but it was all him. He brought everything himself. I think that Amy Ryan, as his mother, I liked their first moment together. That told me a lot more than a lot of the other moments in the film, actually. And it was very
0: simple. She she kind of falls off, though. (laughs) Where where does she go after that? Right.
1: (laughs) But you know, she shows up, and he's like, she's about to cry, and he's like, you better not, essentially. And it just clicked. I wanted more of that. And I think Mara Tierney did her job with what she was given. Um, so yeah, it's just if you're gonna give us this kind of challenging story, you gotta make it worth it. You know, it has to be special. Go for it. To me, it was just fine. It was okay. You know what would have
0: helped is the editing. I mm-hmm. think that the, all the pieces for me, all the pieces were there, but the editing, um, I will have to say this was a deeply personal experience for me, a very deeply personal experience. I had a friend who um I knew from elementary school all the way through college, who ended up ODing. And it reminded me so much of my friends. So it was deeply personal um, on that level. So I was, it is an emotional piece. It will strike emotion. Cause I thought, oh gosh, was this just me? Then I looked around the room and other people were sniffing and crying, but really what have taken it over the top are the things that you just outlied, uh, outlined in that if, if things could be more cohesive and the story could be more pointed, then it would have really been a home run. I will have to say, Timothy will probably get an Oscar nomination for this. It was beautiful work, in my opinion, mm-hmm. of just the arc of this character going from this young man with a secret and then living his secret out loud and then trying to figure out how to overcome that secret and then obviously towards the end where we see if you know if and how he lives and survives so I will say is this something that you have to watch um on the big screen well I it is definitely a deterrent for a lot of the other movies that are being offered this weekend But it's probably best, in my opinion, seen at home. Yeah. All right. Um, Now, I heard that you got to see a sneak peek of the new movie, Wildlife, Mm. that is directed by Paul Dano. Mm. (laughs) The actor, Paul Dano. The one actor that I don't want to be in, in a dark alley with ever. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he always plays creepy characters. Not only did he... Directed, but he also um, wrote it along with Zoe uh, Kazan, and it's based on Richard Ford's book. Now, here you have Jake Gyllenhaal. You've got Carrie Mulligan, Bill Camp, and all sorts of other people popping in and out. <laughs> Do tell cause well, I didn't get to see this.
1: Well, yeah, well, you know, and this is what I saw it's Sundance are so going way back now. and in, in wildlife, the audience sees the deterioration of a marriage through the eyes of a 14-year-old. It's 1960s in Montana. Imagine that. Mm. And there's a wildfire raging close to the Canadian border. Uh, Married couple Jeanette, that's Carrie Mulligan's character, and Jerry, played by uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, she's a housewife, he's a golf pro. However, Jerry loses his job and his purpose goes right, right along with it. So he decides to leave his wife and 14-year-old son, played by Ed Oxenbold, mm. to join the firefight. Mm. Now, this decision weighs heavily on Jeanette and Joe. They have to fend for themselves without any support from Jerry. So after a while, Jeanette decides, hey, that's enough. So surprisingly for the time, she seeks a way out of her marriage and into the arms of another man named Warren, played Ooh. by Bill Camp, of all people. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> of course Paul Dano would make something
1: <laughs> Now, Warren's not the kind of guy you'd expect Jeanette to take an interest in. No, not at all. Yeah, okay. Now, this certainly doesn't please the son. Joe's not happy about it at all. And here's the question that needs to be answered. What will happen if and when Jerry returns? Hmm. Now, this is Paul Dano's directorial debut, and it finds one groove and gets trapped in that groove. Mm. One. It has one pace, one tone, and for me, it made for a challenging viewing experience. Now, I haven't read the book, so I don't know whether it's a book issue or not. The actors are game, all of them, okay? But if you're thinking, oh, I really like Jake Gyllenhaal, he's barely in it, just telling you that. You see him at the beginning, then he pops up at the end, <laughs> okay? Now I wanted more of him. Uh, but again, it's a book, maybe it's the book thing. Ed Oxenbold, who plays the son, he has to sustain the in- this intense and observant performance that Paul Dano wanted, and look, he does it. Mm. It was not easy, I respected that, and I know that Paul probably really gave him some pointers on how to do that. So I commend Ed for his wonderful work. For the rest of the cast, always present, we got Carrie Mulligan and Bill Camp. Yeah. Duh. Right? But it's like they're waiting for something to happen. It's just everything just hanged in the air to me. I'm sorry. Now, in family dramas like this, you want peaks and valleys? Didn't get it. No, I mean, it's a one-note challenge, everybody. You're going to be seeing a lot of rave reviews. I'm telling you, for the average moviegoer, it's going to be a challenge to sit through uh, an hour, 44 minutes. It feels longer than that, okay? Uh, But look, there's talent here. There's earnestness. And I will say that Paul Dano does have talent as a director. I just want him to give us a little more in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that comes out this Friday,
1: <laughs> among
0: the other, <laughs> among the other movies that are coming out. Now, you also got a chance, well, we both saw what they had. I saw it at Sundance. You just saw it recently. Yeah. And this is the new movie uh, directed and written by Elizabeth Chum- Chumko and she I remember watching her at Sundance explain her process and it was a very personal process this is a very personal experience for her and you're going to tell us a plot in a second but this the cast yeah. dear goodness Hilary Swank uh Michael Shannon <laughs> playing brother and sister Robert Forrester Blythe Danner playing husband and wife Uh, Taysa Farmiga, Josh Lucas, on and on. Give us the plot and then we'll we'll tell you listeners what we think.
1: Yeah, so uh, Hillary Swank plays Bridget. Uh, She's a California chef. And she's called home in Chicago after her mother Ruth, played by Black Danner, disappears in the middle of a blizzard. Mm. Now, she brings along her rebellious collegiate daughter Emma, played by Taysa Farmiga, and arrives, but when she arrives, Ruth is, Ruth is safe. She's at the hospital, being checked out. But Ruth is becoming increasingly confused and disoriented. Mm. Now, Ruth's son, Nicky, played by Michael Shannon, for him, this is the last straw. He's done, he's been there in Chicago while Bridget's been in California. He's been taking care of both parents. And he's like, look, that's it. And what he says is, Mom or to Dad he says, Dad, Mom needs to go to a memory care facility. Mm. now, Dad Bert, played by Robert Forster, he insists that no, Ruth's places with me in our home with the life that we made together. Now, when it comes back to Bridget, though, keep in mind, she has her own struggles outside of this to deal with. She's got a troubled marriage, yeah, her relationship with her daughter, mm. Ugh. and she's got some guilt about leaving Chicago. Mm-hmm. Now, for Nicky, he's got some issues, too, because he can't seem to get his father's approval. He's He owns a bar. His father keeps going, but, yeah, you're a bartender, right? Don't you tend, bar? uh oh uh uh-uh. And for some reason, he's reluctant to marry his longtime girlfriend. What's that about?
0: Yeah. So
1: as Nicky pushes Bridget to put Ruth in the nursing home, and as Bert grows angry with... Now... Uh, the interference of Bridget <laughs> Bridget searches for a solution that will make everybody happy, but then the family faces one more unexpected crisis that forces Bridget into a seemingly impossible position mm. mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on this one, ref?
0: I remember seeing this uh at Sundance mm-hmm. and it was cold outside. <laughs> I thought to myself, "Dear goodness, this woman is wandering in the snow," mm. um, and it just it just sort of set things in perspective of like how um, you know how dangerous this this disease is, and I thought it was a good um, picture of that, just seeing not only a family deal with this type of disease but also what um this disease brings out in a family so it's it was very classic in that way you know the sibling who stays home takes care of the parents who doesn't feel appreciated the sibling yeah. that's outside trying to make you know a way who's gonna stay home who's gonna do this you know dreams that you didn't fulfill or relationships you didn't pursue like all those things it was very much um I would say uh, standard. Hmm. But what stood out are the performances. Blythe Danner at Sundance played two characters. (laughs) the disease with that disease so I thought to myself dear god is this woman you know hopefully she's okay but she plays it so beautifully and she's got an innocent quality about her Mm. and it really played well like just the discovery of of, or I will say the rediscovery Mm. the Mm. rediscovery of of the moments when the disease takes effect she just does it beautifully Robert Forster Mm he's good in whatever he does, but I was just absolutely wanting more scenes from him. He plays a man who's desperately in love with his wife, who desperately wants to hang on to his family the best as he can, as, as he can. And I just thought to myself, why even like close the book it's done let's give this man something (laughs) something um michael shannon always delivers that complicated character even in this it's a pretty straightforward character written wise if you listen to the lines and see how it's but he gives a complication to it yeah and then there's hillary swank who in my opinion i thought did a fine job but she really you know didn't shine i would say as she usually did and didn't need to in my opinion, she yeah. didn't need to, she played her cards right. Miss Farmiga though. Um, that was a challenge for me. Oh. But overall, overall, it was I loved Elizabeth's writing. Why? Because you think this family drama would be have gravitas, it was hilarious hilarious many highlights of comedic or many comedic tones in this especially in the real dark dark places she finds light yeah um in in those places and i thought it was one of the better um alzheimer alzheimer's disease um uh or dementia uh uh movies that i've seen in a while so i would say this is a nice deterrent again for the weekends offering it would even be like good two or three weekends from now i'm sure it'll be around so you can go see it then um but if not this is a great friday night saturday night movie to watch and just just have your tissues ready (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I think we, we pretty much agree here. Uh, mm-hmm. What I liked best was the familial d- dynamic. You know, that's the movie here. Let, let me tell you something. Robert Forster and Michael Shannon... Come on now. ...as a father-son a twin tornado, essentially. Yeah. They gave Hillary Swank and Tyson Farmiga everything they could stand <laughs> when they were on the screen. And, like, you talked about Black Panther. I mean, it's just an effortlessness to it. She's playing this matriarch who's losing her memory, but it seems so natural. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, beautiful work. And having these kind of actors, it was essential so that Elizabeth could land these beats. I mean, they're going to do it. Now, Michael Shannon, every little nuance of sarcastic humor is in this. Mm -hmm. He finds it. There's not a moment off. I mean, there's even the moment where he makes uh, Taisa Farmiga cry, and he goes, "Why are you crying?" They go, "Cause it's sad." He goes, "Get some tissue." That was toilet tissue. And he goes, "Get some tissue." Gives it to her, but instead of handing it to her, you know, lovingly, he throws yeah. it at her. Yeah, I mean, this is. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you get here. Now, like you said, uh, Robert Forster, this man he lets it rip as yeah, the father. Did. Uh, that's what's going on there. You completely buy it and you can see where the sun comes from. Mm -hmm. Even though he says to him, you're like your mother. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, Now, and as you said, when it comes to Hillary Swank, you know, she's there paying attention. That's really what she's there to do and react. So I think for uh, a first feature from Elizabeth Chomko, uh, it shows that she has a feel for relationships Um, there were a few moments where the dialogue to me, I was like, "Mm, I don't know. And editing wise, really, I think it would have helped a stronger edit. Uh, but look, one of the keys to great directing is casting. And she definitely nailed it. Nailed that. Yeah. Yeah, she did.
0: Listeners, we've got a quick hit for you. The critic is wrapping up his coverage of the New York Film Festival, where he saw some good movies, some yay movies, and some...
1: We'll give you the scoop on it later.
0: But do tell us how things ended for you.
1: Yeah, so the final three movies I saw here, and keep in mind, everybody, you're going to be hearing full reviews and sneak peeks and movie talks and whatever else we do coming up. Private Life is the first of these three. It comes to us from uh, Tamara Jenkins. It stars Katherine Hahn and Paul Giamatti as a couple in their 40s who's trying to have a baby. And the way they try to get there, whoa. So it was an exploration of that. It's on Netflix. So you can check that out easily. And you know what? I kind of liked it. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is from the Coen Brothers. Now, this was going to be a TV show on Netflix, but they said, no, we want this to be a movie. (laughs) So it's actually six installments in one movie. movie. Now, are all of them as good as the others? No, but when it's funny, it is funny. Mm. And then to wrap up this quick hit with Roma from Alfonso Cuarón, who shows that he's a master of filmmaking. That's just it. This is also a Netflix, so it's all three on Netflix, but it's coming later in the year. Lots of awards buzz there. This is going to be something you have to listen to our complete review to understand. I don't know that it's for everybody, but you've got to be in awe of the mastery.
0: Oh, we can't thank you enough, Critic, for covering the New York Film Festival. Again, stay tuned, because we're going to keep you updated. And know.
1: Okay, and now we're wrapping up this movie talk with The Oath. Oh, dear goodness. Now, this is written, directed, starring whoever, I guess edited, he did the boom, he did craft <laughs> services by Ike Barinholtz. And joining him in the cast are Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, you go, wait a minute. Wait. And we have a whole bunch of other actors, including John Cho, and a surprise appearance. They're not even saying his name in the cast, officially. This comes out October 12th, of course, and you're going to tell us all about it, and we both saw this one.
0: Now, the oath takes place during Thanksgiving, (laughs) and we all know what happens when family comes over for Thanksgiving. Oh, boy. Yeah. Something has happened. I'm not going to tell you exactly, but something has happened in our government where you need to take a stand. (laughs) Sign that you agree with the oath that you're going to take or not. Mm. And it is divided not only America, but this particular family dinner.
1: We <laughs> <laughs> didn't need any help being divided. No, absolutely not.
0: Now you have Ike's character who is what we would call a media junkie. I mean, this guy lives, eats, breathes the media. And he's, you know, he's got his white fist in the air in a sense of like, I am for the people, I am by the people, all of that. Now he's married to Tiffany Haddish's character. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a very <laughs> unlikely pairing, but... It's here. She's a black woman, as we know, and they have they have a child. Now, um, okay, we have that marriage going on. Now, his family, not hers, comes over for dinner. You've got the father. You've got the mother. You've got a brother and a sister, and the brother brought his wife. Mm-hmm. Now, you couldn't get any more oil and water than Ike's character and his brother. Mm. Uh, Ike would probably watch CNN his brother would probably watch Fox News just put it that way so the question is who signed this oath Mm. because in Ike's mind no reasonable person would have ever signed it boy is he surprised when they go around the when he goes around the table and says okay who did this i mean there's one huge surprise yeah (laughs) that he's like wait a minute this maybe it's more than one (laughs) (laughs) maybe right exactly maybe more than one um, now, things do get out of hand. I mean, it blows up at Thanksgiving over, you know, people calling each other MFs and, you know, saying all kinds of horrible things. That night was a disaster. Next morning, they get a knock at the door. Uh-oh. Two men <laughs> from Homeland Security, in quotes, <laughs> is saying, there's been some talk here that there's somebody's got a problem with the oath. And we think that is a national security. Somebody in the house called saying this man, Ike's character, is uh, not patriotic.
1: Mm.
0: Now, if I were to end the movie there, it it would be a reasonable movie, but no. (laughs) No. Because what happens over the next 45 minutes is nothing that you could ever imagine. I'm talking about people get shot. People get kidnapped. People get punched, gagged, tied up. People uh, get uh, brain hemorrhages. I mean, all sorts of crazy things happen in the next 45 minutes that you just, you really don't know what you're watching at this point. Wow. And by the end of the movie, there is some resolution. Is it the resolution that everybody wants? Are people who they really say they are? (laughs) Wow. Should people have been even introduced to this family? (laughs) 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 And what does happen to this family? Who actually comes to the rescue is a very unlikely character. (laughs) So, all in all, I will have to say that the plot absolutely thickens as it goes
1: along. So, please take it from here, critic. I will wrap it up. Wow. Um, (laughs) You know what? I don't know whether this will surprise people or not. I actually liked much of this. Oh, okay. It surprised me. Yeah. Much, though not all, (laughs) of it was funny. Because you know what, before we get to the end, they were earning the laughs. I had to give it to them. I I liked the premise. I thought it was ridiculous, yet plausible. Oh yeah, yet plausible. It ain't that far-fetched. And it of course pokes fun at what's going on now politically in the US, but it did it without being tiresome. I just didn't feel like I was watching it going, okay, here we go again. I didn't get that feeling. Um, So I think that was harder to accomplish than maybe how it seems. Um, And neither uh, side is portrayed as right until something happens at the end. Mm. Now, what I had the most fun with Ref was thinking about if this actually happened, what would be the implications? Who would sign the oath? Who wouldn't? Like that whole opening stuff to me, that was gold. Now, in regard to the performances, Ike Baron Holtz, yes, he's the angry liberal. Nailed it. He can do that. And the rest of the cast just gives him plenty to play around with. It is an ensemble. I do think that Tiffany Haddish, look, is she gonna give you Tiffany Haddish? Yes, but she had a lot of moments where she did not. Mm. And I liked seeing it that way. When those agents arrived though, I mean, the turn it took. Oh boy. I mean, you expected it to go somewhere, but it was forced like it it just felt forced at the end i it let me down like i could feel the air go out Mm -hmm. when that happened um they still had some moments there at the end i just think that mm, if if it were a little more restrained and closer to the beginning throughout it would have been more successful but i do think to wrap up my thoughts uh that it's a good holiday comedy for most adults Mm. regardless of your political affiliations it'll probably work if only they'd stuck the landing. Mm. Wow, we disagree for once. Yes, <laughs> I
0: did not think this was worth my time <laughs> at <laughs> all. Here's what. Here's the thing. He, I directed it and he wrote it. Were there some laughs, of course, because it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was a short film and it couldn't have been. I wish there it would have been shorter. Here's why. The laughs got sticky to me, um, honestly, especially when the agents arrived so we agree that the air kind of diffused the dinner table scene this is right before the agents come in was was interesting those are plausible arguments that you would see at some families with those dynamics um but what happens is i didn't believe that tiffany and ike's character would be married in the first place never not once oh no She seems to be a more reasonable person but as it progresses through some of the choices that she made or he had her make were absolutely ridiculous and the scenes were really more or less one note scenes everything was at a 10 which to me it would have benefited from a separate director or a separate writer so if it would have had um it would have had a more tonal especially that kind of comedy it it would have had more of an impact for me if we would have had a diverse vision because it was all screaming yelling ridiculous how how can we top ourselves and yes i agree at the end it was a dumb ending. I'm going to say that. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was a cop out almost literally in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> when you find out all when you find out the fullness of those two agents, it was definitely like a cop out. And and overall, I didn't enjoy it as much. I would not necessarily recommend you spend $15 for this. If this is your thing, you'll enjoy it at home. So, that's my take on it. Uh, All these movies you can see this weekend coming out in a theater near you. There's tons of offerings. So just wade through it all, sift through it, and find where you're going to spend your money because there certainly is an opportunity.